First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Stras Voitka, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, episode 53 of the Two Beers Podcast. We are your host with the most, the pot of the everyman. I'm Jordan, here with Drew. Drew, how you doing this week, brother? I'm doing great, you big dosser. Yeah, big dosser. Uh, also this week, we we have him here for some hockey talk, but he is welcome to chime in whenever the fact he pleases. Jim Berenger of the Nightcap Recap, of many things, the best-looking hats in the state of New Jersey. Jim, welcome aboard. Welcome. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Skate every day. That's right. Skate every day is right. That should be everybody's motto out there right now. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm still hard from Saturday. I'm still, I'm still flowing. You haven't even called a doctor. Forget Woo! that. Four, four hours plus, baby. Oh, my God. Uh, on, on that note, let's assume positions for the two brew salute. Three, two, one. I Clickety-clack, clickety-clack. <laughs> Sticking with the German beer, I have Erdinger, Weissbrau, uh... Oktoberfest. Um, I was looking for a Hefeweizen, but this caught my eye. It's it's obviously from Germany. Let me let me give it a sipple. This is this is the non-Sam Adams Oktoberfest that you're doing. Yeah, it's it's literally from Germany. Okay. Um, it's good. It's good. I like it. Oh yeah. This is now this is like a real uh, Oktoberfest beer. It's it's nice 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 wheat beer. Um, what do you have, Drew? Southern, Southern tier, tier, the king, the king, the king of kings. kings. The king has returned. Pump, Pump king. Um, it's gonna keep Jim, rolling it. Roll Jim, it. you uh, are you partaking this evening, or are you just just basking in your glory, or how, how you rolling? I'm just basking in my glory tonight. I mean, the NHL is back, and uh, I'm just soaking it all in. To be honest, the Bearcats ready. That's it. Love it. Love, love, love. Okay, well. Uh, well, let's just get into it here. Um, you know, let's let's recap the boxing weekend that was. Uh, man, and what, and what a weekend! Knockdown City. Uh, we started out with the prelims. The headliner on the prelims, Berlanga. I told I told you all he would get out of there quick because he needed to get ready for his December 11th fight. That was wrong. I believe I believe the guy he was fighting was Cacheres, right? Concerra, something to that effect. That guy put him down. That guy knocked him on his behind with one eye. Yeah, I mean Berlanga was definitely stacking up round after round and had a wide margin on the cards. Uh, looked pretty good from a boxing perspective, but the power is starting to kind of not be there. You know. Well, let's let's. We'll give credit, or we'll give credibility to the fact that he did apparently tear his bicep in round three. Yeah, so that that's a thing. But so that's, a fa- that's a factor with the power. Um, that's a good point. Um, so uh, so that makes you 
think that December 11th is is kind of oh, off the table. It is. It March. He's not going to be back till March. They pretty much said it today. And they, uh, random. I don't know how these random like YouTube channels get these interviews, but he's December 11th's gone. So oh, see, I didn't, I didn't even see that. So we, we we didn't even buy the tickets yet, and we already lost a we already lost a fight. Why are we such a jinx on the world? God. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. But uh, but listen, he, he fought a you know he fought an experienced boxer that. Stayed away, stayed away from, from him first, first few rounds, rounds you, know, you know felt the power, power kind of judged engage distance and then and he then just he started, started he, st- he tested for Alanga. he threw some combinations, combinations at him, at him. uh, uh Berlanga, you know, you know, he kind of was starting to time Berlanga. You know, Berlanga was doing a good job with using combinations, but wasn't really doing a good job of using feints and multiple feints uh, and other things that he's going to need to do as the competition starts to grow. And that's where Conceros, I, I, oh God, who cares who butchered this guy's name, uh, where he started to hurt Berlanga a little bit. Heard him a couple times uh, before, I'm going to say, I think it was. Eighth, 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 eighth in the eighth round when he knocked him down, down. seventh or eighth round, uh, got him in some tight spots. But Berlanga, I, I still think Berlanga won pretty much every round but one before the knockdown, and even after. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Caceres only took two. We had it 96-93 on the scorecards, which is what all the judges unanimously had as well. But uh, a little concerning. Again, we don't know how much the bicep played uh, played into that. But, but again, again, a little, a little just a little concerning, concerning that, that not that it went, went the distance, but just that, that you, know, you know he was, was able, able to, to get, get caught in a number, a number of traps against a guy who isn't that great and definitely not a top 168 pounder. So hopefully he takes some of that into practice and you know and and starts to get better. He was he was pretty adamant everybody was going to be talking about him throughout the card and. They were, yeah, but, but not, not for the reasons that he, he would have would have wanted, wanted us to be. be. Yeah. Um, so moving on, next was uh, Big Baby Anderson. Uh, he went in there against some out of shape fat Russian who hadn't boxed in two years. Um, that guy in the second round couldn't do a thing. He was getting pummeled. He was. He looked over at the ref, basically begging the referee to stop the fight, and the referee obliged. Yeah. Uh, so that that was quick and easy. Um, Hellenius fought uh, Konaki in the uh, in the rematch, which we did watch. I watched that fight before. Babyface Konaki, um, the Polish night, or the Polish whatever, going up against the the what the Norse nightmare or whatever was what they were calling the. Uh, it basically looked like two, basically looked like two extras from the last kingdom boxing for uh, for eight rounds. Yeah, so um, Hellenius just embarrassed uh, Konaki. Uh, eventually, you know, they, was it TKO eventually? Uh, he got disqualified for like five five crotch punches. Oh yeah, that's right. They they, they like blatant, blatant, just blatant obvious punches that he just he was just looking to get DQ'd. Yeah, well, I, actually, I think they called it TKO because he was getting pummeled right before that, and they called no, it. I don't. No, they called it DQ at the time, but then, uh, in, like, if you follow Twitter afterwards, they're like, actually, they're saying TKO. What's Twitter? Uh, I don't know. It's some. It's something. It's, that thing with I think, the bird. I, I think it's right next to MySpace. Um, okay. But I love Tom. I, I mean, my shout out to my brother Tori, with the line of the night. He said. I just can't imagine if my occupation was to go get 
pummeled in the face by a six foot four Norseman with a beard like that every 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 night. Um, so that led us into what I thought was going to be a fantastic fight: uh, Frank Sanchez, the Cuban, versus Ajogbe, um, the Nigerian. Two big punchers. Uh, they basically stared at each other for a while. Um, I, I, I personally don't mind it as much because I, I respect when both guys can actually hurt each other, and that causes them to pause. Um, that, that being said, neither of them was willing to take a chance to engage, so Sanchez just outpointed him the whole night, and Ajogbe really couldn't really fi- he really couldn't figure out Sanchez. So. Everyone was kind of booing. It was it was not a good fight. Um, I thought Ajogbe would. He got he got stumbled. He didn't get knocked down. Um, and, and I thought that might happen. I thought he would come back and knock out Sanchez and that that. No, he got he he got knocked did, down. Did he get knocked down? I thought he just got stumbled. No, he got knocked down, and then Sanchez gave him an uppercut when he was on his knee. Oh yeah, how could I forget that? Yeah, I mean that's what I was gonna say. I mean that to me that's the. I I, I still don't know how Sanchez wasn't disqualified. And listen, you don't want to fight like that ten on DQ, but I mean he he knocked him down. Once his knee hits the ground, it's a ten count. And so then he got back up, and, or he didn't get back up. His knee then came off the came off the mat about half an inch, and he just laid him out with up like like people can die from that. I mean he's he's got no no protection. And, and just bam. bam. And, and not, not only, only not only was, no, no point, point was deducted, no disqualification. They didn't even he didn't the ref didn't even give a job a ten count or give him five the five five minutes to recover. It what a clusterfuck. And uh that was the one thing in the fight. And then in the round before, a job a jogbe hit Sanchez and they didn't call and Sanchez hit the floor and the ref called it a slip and he clearly hit him. So, and there, this, to me, what was insane, and I, I guess I don't know how it works, but if I'm at Jabe's corner, how are you not screaming and hollering for them to go to replay? Because they're in Vegas and replay is there. Makes no sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, Especially for the, the flash knockdown that they called. Like, he hit him. Like, replay that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That being said, it it, it wouldn't have changed the score. Um, Sanchez... Clearly outbox him the whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he gets a 10-8, maybe a little momentum. I mean, I, I don't know. I I agree he got outboxed there from that point on. But, uh, you know, I think Sanchez was probably up one on the cards when the, uh, you know, when the slip was called. So maybe, maybe it changed the momentum. But he was definitely the better boxer. And, yeah, and uh, Ajabe just wasn't – he just wasn't willing to let us – he wasn't willing to, you know – quote-unquote quote, quote, go down a shield in order to try to, to get the get knockout, knockout to win that fight. fight. Yeah. So, um, which leads us to the main event. Uh, Fury versus Wilder. Um, I, I'm not. I'm going to let Drew break down a lot of the technical aspects of it. Um, the only thing I'll say is that it was almost exactly what I thought it would be. Um, the part I... So... I, I thought that Wilder would come out and with with a more tactical approach, which he did. I questioned whether or not he'd be able to do that once he got tired. He fell apart once he got tired. Um, I was worried that he might catch Fury, which was my only hesitation in the prediction. 
I did not think he would drop him twice, twice. in the fourth round. Um, so that part was a little bit off. But what I did say was that over time, Fury would just keep coming at him like a grizzly bear, outbox him, outmuscle him, put all that weight on him, wear his ass down, and eventually knock him out. I said the 9th or 10th. Uh, Wilder had uh, he, he had a lot more heart. He made it to the 11th before finally getting knocked out. So I was close, very close. Um, uh, the breakdown was almost spot on again. But more what I want to address before I, I pass it off to Drew is that it, it's like r real fashionable now after we had this great battle between these two guys, these two, these two combatants, it's real fashionable for like – the inside, inside boxing, boxing people, people to be, be like, like oh, uh, you know, entertaining, entertaining, entertaining but, but not a great match, not a great match. You know, this this was this was you know, you can't say this was this was a great trilogy. Uh, okay, listen, I get it. I got, I have eyes. I could see that Wilder was not technically good. He was never technically good in his career. That's not what he was. Uh, and so, the complaint about that. I th in saying this wasn't a great match, you're you're down. Number one, why would you downplay this? Because this was this was so entertaining. It was so much fun. I and conversely, just like the match before, where they refused to engage. What makes this sport is when you have two guys who are willing to go toe to toe, and they are willing to get tested when you stand in front of your opponent man to man and you are willing to get tested for glory and that's what wilder did and i don't care that he you know he went back to the crow hop the crow hop one hitter quitter punch and that's what he tried to do for seven rounds look I, that doesn't matter what matters is that he kept going like that's awesome. That's what that's all we want as boxing fans and as fight fans. Like whether it's UFC or whatever. Like, you know, think about what Rigandau did. Rigandau had a great game plan to try and win on the points, but he didn't stand there and and face the test. And so, what what compels a man to keep moving forward, keep getting hit, just like Rocky says, getting his brain smashed in, literally. To Quite literally. literally, literally getting his brain smashed in. What compels a man to keep moving forward to try and get that victory? That that's all heart. Conversely, on the other side, Fury could have easily come in 25 pounds lighter. Said, "You know what? I'm going to dance on my feet. I'm going to dance circles around this guy. I'm going to crush him with the jab all night long. I'm going to pitch a shutout. He ain't going to get close to me." He didn't do that either. Basically, the first fight. He, he came in heavy. He said, I'm going right at this, this guy. And you know what? He took a risk, too. He took the risk. He put himself in the line of fire so that he could knock his ass out. He, wanted, he didn't want a decision. He didn't want there to be any questions. It was personal. He stood there and took the damn test. He put himself in harm's way, and he got the knockout. What more do you want out of this sport? That is exactly what this sport is about. Man, man on man, no teammates. At that point, no game plan per se. It's it's who is going to crumble first? Fury got tested and he passed the test and he knocked Wilder's ass out. 
that's what the sport is all about. And if you want to poo-poo that, forget that. that that's BS. Like, I don't care if it wasn't technical. That's not the point. The point of the sport is when you stand in the fire and you get through it. And so I, I, I've just been annoyed. At, like, I saw Ray Boom Boom Mancini say that. I saw Teddy Atlas say something to that effect. Ugh, come on, guys. Like, yeah. Well, first off, like, these are heavyweights. Like, these aren't, these aren't lighter technically. This isn't Chocolatito Estrada where they can punch each other literally a thousand times and there's no knockdown. Yeah, so yeah. there's no threat of being hurt. Yeah, I just, yeah and, and have just a technically masterful fight. Like, that's not... They're, these are yeah. These are two giant heavyweights who you know. I mean, Wilder's known for you know for knocking knocking guys out. And now Fury, that was his game plan to be uh you know to be an eighteen. An eight, I'm gonna be an eighteen wheeler, and it's gonna be like an eighteen wheeler running down a human being. Like that's that's what he wanted to do. That's all just people that you know they don't want to write the same. It, it always reminds me of the. Uh, did you ever see the movie, the Roger Maris movie on HBO, sixty one? Good movie, by the way. Yeah, it always it always reminds me of that one reporter who was like, you know, we're gonna have, we, there's there's thirty of us and we all can't write the same story for a hundred and sixty two games. So they got that one reporter who's writing those like nasty stories about Roger Maris and how uh, you know basically basically uh, Twitter before it was Twitter. It's like these guys just, they they want to have a different view. You have you know ninety percent of the world like raving about Wilder's heart and how great how great the fight was between these two and how how awesome of a trilogy. It was and so you gotta have those guys that say eh, it was fine whatever like no big deal and it's like eh, whatever man like what do you what do you, what do you want in the fight so i i, I agree with you man anybody anybody that's got anything bad to say about the fight itself can just go kick rocks is that the, is that the, is that the phrase kick rocks something like that i mean yeah. i'll agree with you as a casual boxing fan and somebody not in the know like you two gentlemen isn't this what the heavyweight division has been waiting for, though? Yeah. I mean, yep. two guys that are just going to go toe-to-toe and beat the living hell out of each other. I mean, that's what we want out of the heavyweight division, and that's what we got. And, I mean, look, was it pretty at times? No. But you know what? It was entertaining, and that's what it was all about. People were there to watch these two guys beat each other's brains in. We got a knockdown. We got several knockdowns. Got a knockout. We got a clear winner. No controversy, no going to the judges, and that's what you need in boxing. Because if it goes to the cards, you know something. Yeah, well, especially she can yeah, happen. So, yeah, so even more than the even more than the entertaining aspect, the combatants stood in the fire. They took the test. They put themselves in harm's way. Fury came forward into the right hand so he could get in in range to engage and knock the guy's head in. That's what you want. You don't want these guys dancing around. Put yourself in harm's way. Go toe to toe. That's that was good. Agreed. Jim, did you uh, did you watch the fight? I did watch the fight. I watched the replay of the fight. I didn't watch it live. Um, Where was the replay? Was that free somewhere? They showed it on ESPN, uh, ESPN the next day. Uh, I would I would have recorded. It. I, our, our other buddy said he watched the replay, and I was like. Oh, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you could like go back and buy the replay. Oh, now I'm mad at you. I'm sure it's on ESPN Plus. Yeah, it's on ESPN Plus. So if you get the subscription for ESPN Plus, you just watch the fight the next day. Oh, I didn't realize. I I thought I I didn't I thought because it was like a Fox like ESPN thing they wouldn't have it on there. Oh, off the go. No, it was on there. It was great. I just I rewatched it using some stupid bootleg YouTube video. Now I'm pissed. I didn't even think of that. But uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So. I mean, I mean, it was an exciting, exciting fight. fight. I, I I don't know what I was talking but about. But Drew, but, uh, didn't you want to 
come at this from a little more technical standpoint. You, you. Well, are uh, you good? Are you? Oh yeah. Are you? I want to give you. That's your, all. That's all I wanted to say about. I want to um, give you your time, bro. That that's all the ranting I wanted to do about it. Um, but you said there was a technical point, and you sent me an old clip of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and here's and just just to keep keep with our our tradition here, just to give give our boys a copy box a, a quick shout out here. Uh, I got the punch stat. So. Total punches landed, Fury 150 out of 385, so 40% connect rate. Wilder 72 out of 355, so Fury basically doubled, doubled him in punches landed. This is the telling one. I, well, I guess they're both, but the total jabs. Uh, we, we said last week that Deontay Wilder uh, had, had uh, connected on – oh, no, I'm sorry. That, that was AJ. So jabs, 9 out of 102 for, for Wilder, 8% connect rate. Fury, 36 out of 117. The power shots where Wilder connects over 40 – 47%, I think, was the number we gave out. He's just behind Vasily in, uh, in power punches amongst the top boxers. He only landed 63 out of 253 at 24%. And Tyson Fury landed 114 out of 268, 42%. So, um, those, those, those are the punch sets. And even and the, the, I have a crazy one uh, that Dan tweeted out that I'll say after for, for the whole trilogy. But, you know, to your point, Wilder, Wilder came out. Uh, he came out, was doing the jab. He was giving the right jab to the, uh, to the belly. Um, of Fury throwing. By Fury. the way, uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. wasn't it crazy? They kept saying the belly. That's the first time I remember uh, a broadcast saying the belly instead of the body. Yeah, the belly. It was so strange. <laughs> I guess because yeah. Fury was so fat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, he was just giving him that little like, jab. I was like, this yeah. sounds weird. That jab anyway, to the that jab to the belly. Um, which he did for the first couple of rounds. Uh, I thought I thought I thought Wilder won the first round. Uh, and I thought Fury did the second. I, it was funny. Me and my neighbor, my neighbor came over, and uh, I felt Wilder. I, I didn't realize which guy was on top for the punch stats they did. And I was like, man, wow, how, this is weird. It doesn't seem like Wilder's landed 20 more punches. He's like, he hasn't. That's Fury, dude. Can you read? And I looked up. I was like, oh, shit, good point. Um, but the one thing, so Wilder did change his game plan, but then Fury, he looked totally gassed after the two rounds. I, I don't, I guess the extra 20 pounds did him, you know, might have did him a little, a little less to service than he, he would have thought that it would have. But the, what I, what I would have rather seen from him, and this is what you saw some of the videos, like the jab to the belly was, was good, you know, but the one thing, and this is what Tyson was really good at. I, I would have rather seen him try. And again, this is just the greatness of fury too. Like, why not throw some? I would have rather seen some hooks to the body, to just to kind of vary it up. Because basically all he was doing was throwing that. He was leaving himself out there, completely exposed, when he threw the the right to the you know the right hand at Fury's belly. Like give him a right or a left to the kidneys, like something. And then when Fury tries to to come in and, and hit you with a counter, man, just blast him with a check uppercut. I, I was kind of surprised because it's not like it's not like Wilder is small. Like Wilder's six seven, he's got a long reach. Like Fury just happens to be two inches taller than him with a two with two inches more of reach. But like when you're in there, and Fury was coming at him, so like he was on the inside, man. Like I, I was disappointed that we didn't we didn't really see any good body work from from Wilder. Like I, I get the belly shots in the beginning, but like 
All those videos that we saw was like one, two, duck, and then, you know, shot to the kidneys on the... Uh... Yeah, there was no ducking. Yeah, there was nothing. And, and he, he never he never took his head off the line, man. Like, what did they work on? That's why I said the puke, he, he, didn't get, he didn't get to the point of the puke. Yeah. He, 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 as soon as he got hit in the face, all of that movement went out the window. Yeah, it was bad. He reverted, and Fury said it, like, he reverted, he reverted back to himself after he got knocked down in the third round. So Fury, so Fury knocks him down in the third, very similar fashion to how he knocked him down in the third round in the second fight, where he hit him with a, a, a couple, a couple, a couple, um, Jabs and then just hits him, hit it, got him right in the. T- he owns Deontay Wilder's uh, left side left temple. temple. He owns he owns that thing, man. And he, he goes down. Wilder gets back up. Uh, they finish the round. And then in the fourth, Wilder they're having an exchange. Fury's coming at him, and Wilder boom connected with the. He didn't. I didn't get him. He didn't get him on the jaw. He hit him straight in the. Uh, in the, in the forehead. forehead. The videos the on, Twitter on Twitter are great where you can see the power after Fury gets hit. Just, just the power, power go all the way down, down his neck, down, down to his belly, <laughs> his side fat, and his flab. And, I, you know, he, he got hit so hard. He didn't go down initially, uh, but he he definitely it took the got, legs out. It, I was going to say. He took the legs out, but he was leaning against Wilder to and he fell, himself yeah. up. Yeah, and then once Wilder moved to the side, the legs just had nowhere to go, and he just and fell so he over. just fell, he fell over, got up, and then to same thing, then he was in a uh, and then he he but he came he wasn't dead. Like I'm yelling at my TV, all right, you need to dance this last minute and a half of this round. We had he no just, legs. He he kept going, he kept going back at Wilder, was grappling with him, and then Wilder just hit him. I, I couldn't tell. Like he just kind of like pawed at him a little bit at the right hand and hit him, and then Fury. I wasn't sure if Fury just went down to take the knee or. You know, if it was, really, the legs hadn't recovered yet. Yeah, like, the, but I, I didn't know if he purposely was like, all right, I need to, I, I just let me just go down here. No, I don't think it was purposeful. It okay. was, the, the, the head was fine, the, the legs went. But yeah. that's the thing. The legs recover after after you get to sit on the stool for a little bit. So. Yeah, and so he came back out. I thought Fury I thought Fury won the fifth round. A lot of people, I did too. A lot of people thought Wilder did. I, I don't know why. Uh, and then it was just it it, it, it was just a one-sided beatdown from there. Out. Like Wilder had he had his moments. Uh, you know he clipped he clipped Fury a couple times between five and ten to where Fury looked he looked shaken. Um, you know not not not, not I, I wouldn't go as far as say hurt, but he looked shaken to where you know he got stung. And then in the tenth round, man, I, I don't know how Deontay Wilder got up. Wilder swung wildly at Fury in the middle of the ring, and Fury just ducked, and then just came off with another vicious right hook to the temple, and Wilder just caved with his arms, like, wrapped around Fury's legs, and dude, that dude got right up, man. I I don't even know how he did it. I thought it was over when he hit him there, because I was I did, too. And, and I was like, I called it again. And then he like got up, and I was like, How is he still getting up? Yeah. And then, uh, and then in the eleventh, uh, once again, Fury or Wilder swings, misses. Fury takes him down. And before, it was one of those where the legs give out, and he's like, kind of, he has no control. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what uh, uh, Creed, um, Adonis Creed looked like in the first movie when he got beaten Basically. in the gym, and he yeah. just like flung to the ground. That's yeah, exactly that's what, it was what was about like. to happen. So the ref, the referee stopped the fight. Which, which uh, a lot of people were like, oh, he deserved the 10 count there. I, he was done. Like, how much how much damage are you going to Somebody had to stop that. It was, yeah, how much I, I was starting to get take? concerned. Yeah, yeah, like, it was it was bad. He, he couldn't fight back. He had no legs. Like, you know, how is he even going to get the punching power to hit him? So that, you know, that's... That's the wilder take of it. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury wins. I think we had 90, 
9690 or 9691 or 9791 maybe yeah um we had it we had it on the cards that was so hard to keep track of that score with like the 10.7s and 10.8s and everything and i was yeah. like it's, it's oh i was like it's tough man dude it's, well i was joking with you welcome to my world bro um I, it's that's the always trying to keep in my head. I was like, oh shit, wait, do I add ten? Am I at nine? Who's up? Uh, it gets pretty wild. But I will say this for Fury. Fury, I was joking around the other day. Fury, I feel like Fury came into this fight like that. That kid that's your best player on like your grade school basketball team, who was you know trying to make out with the girl right before the game, and then he hears the buzzer. He's like, oh shit, I gotta, I guess I got, I guess I gotta get in the game. And they're like, hey, you wanna wanna take some warm ups and you know come in three minutes in? Like, nah, nah, I'm good. Just hopped in the ring and then, you know, maybe shot like four four air balls to start, but then uh, eventually just gets cooking. I don't think he took the fight seriously, but then again, I can't read Tyson Fury ever. He came in only four pounds heavier, but like he didn't look he didn't look in shape the way he did in the second fight. Like he looked he looked like a guy who hadn't been like training hard for for six weeks. Uh, and, and I, the, I one, the one, the one thing, thing I didn't like, like, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't moving the way he was, which maybe that was Wilder doing, doing a little bit of work, work to the, uh, to the body. But, but he, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't, didn't like that, that he, when Wilder was visibly gassed and on, on spaghetti legs, that he didn't just try to take him out and he kept, he kept grappling with him. And you were, you were, you kept trying to reassure me like, Drew, it's, it's going to pay off later. It's going to pay off later. And I'm like, I get it. But then, like, at the end of a round where Wilder would just hit him with something, I'm like, that's why I want him to finish this. Like, he, this guy is just so dangerous. And that's that's why I pick Wilder to win because, like, anytime Wilder's fighting, I'm probably going to pick him to win because it sounds stupid. But like he says, man, like, you got to be perfect for 12 rounds. And I only got to be perfect for two seconds. Um, I, you know, hats off to those guys. But, again, Fury, uh, you know, Fury did what he wanted to do. He completely... Just, uh, you know, he was basically the bear from uh, from The Revenant, and Deontay Wilder was Leonardo DiCaprio, and that's kind of how it went. Uh, the sh some of the shenanigans beforehand, uh, Team Wilder going crazy over the horsehair gloves again, which is like, are we still doing this? Like, we're still talking about the gloves. And the fact that, like, he wouldn't come out, like, Wilder was like, I'll, I'll ring walk when I'm ready to ring walk. It was kind of like, what's going on? Like, what are they what are they doing? Can someone just tell this guy to go? Uh, pretty, I, I, yeah, pretty, he definitely, definitely didn't make it, uh, make it boring to, to start the thing up. And then the ring walks, like, Tyson Fury coming out with these half-naked men, like, dancing, dancing to gypsy music and, uh, dressed like, uh, the, the Spartans from 300 was, was pretty, uh, Pretty hilarious. So, and then yeah, uh, and we got a song. We got a song, Jo. Yeah. Well, I have to say though, I I disagree that he didn't take the fight seriously. I thought he executed exactly what he wanted to do. By himself, so. I yeah. I just I just yeah. I I agree. I, I just I just he just didn't look. Again, maybe it's just because he just didn't look in shape. And I thought he, if you put side by sides of fight two and fight three, you would not be able to tell the difference. I disagree, but I, it's, it's fine. fine. Again, I, I, I'm, I've openly said for two weeks now, I can't read Tyson Fury. And maybe that's what makes him so great. Like, you just never know. Like, I just, I, could, I couldn't tell. I'm like, I don't know. Like, is this guy, like... But, but after the fight, I'm sitting there saying, oh, baby, what song is he going to sing? And he starts singing a country song, and I'm like, I know this one. And then he starts going, walking in Vegas... 
walking with two feet on the ground. And I was like, walking it. I was like, isn't that walking in Memphis? I was cracking up. Oh, the Gypsy King. He sings what he wants. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And then uh, the guy, the guy goes through an eleven-round war, and then he was at the, uh, he's at the club partying uh, at like four o'clock in the morning, which is just like. Some, someone, someone was arguing with us on Twitter earlier in the day that uh, Tyson Fury, the boxing doesn't need Tyson Fury. Like, it, yeah, he's not markable, this, that, and the other thing. We're just like, what are you talking about? Like, this this guy has so many eyes on on the sport right now. It's absolutely absurd to make that kind of comment. Uh, yeah, exactly. So let's see where we go from here with these guys. Like, I, I would like to see Wilder uh, fight again. If he retires, like, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. You know, he, you know, broke, he broke his hand, hand in the fight, in the fight uh, probably, probably because of the, glo- the, gloves the gloves that he decided to switch to. to. <laughs> that, he's, <laughs> that he openly <laughs> said, I've broken my hand in these before. before. So, so, yeah, let's yeah, do this for the fight. fight. And, and uh, you know, you know I, I, Andy, Andy Ruiz, Ruiz is a good fight for him. Like, like I'd still want to see him and Joshua. The thing that sucks about Fury is that I wish that Joshua, as much as I do think Joshua, again, deserves his rematch, I do. I would like to see Joshua step aside to let them fight for Undisputed and then... Just, just be, be next, next in line, line. Just, just like, like Usyk, Usyk did, did, was going to do, do to let those guys, guys fight. Because uh, who knows what Fury did. It wouldn't shock me if Fury retired. Um, he's got, got one fight left. He could fight Dillian White. Dillian White's fighting Otto Wallin here in December, which I don't think we joked about this yet, J.O. Like, that's for some fake mandatory title that they have. He's got a rematch. It's basically a number one contender fight. But, but Dillian White, White has, has a rematch, rematch clause, clause if he loses. Like, like how, the, how, the, how is there a rematch, rematch clause for, for, for a fake title? title. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, one last one thing on Fury Wilder 3 that I did want to say, and I forgot, I forgot as I was getting excited, excited kind of saying what else what, 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 what I didn't like about Wilder's game plan. One thing that Andre Ward had said this after the second fight, and I think Fury alluded to it, I think, I think the, the fact, fact that, that you saw that he, he couldn't, couldn't stick, stick to his, his game, game plan, plan and, as and as soon as he got, as he got hurt, hurt, he kind of went, went back to what he what normally does. does. I think I this is why when a guy like Andre Ward says he shouldn't take this fight, he shouldn't take the Fury rematch right away, he should take take a couple of other fights to work on what he's trying to change, similar to Oscar Valdez, who you know didn't fight Burchell in his first fight with Reynoso, right? He changed his style and had a couple other fights before that. I think, I think if Wilder, Wilder, if, if Wilder, Wilder might have had, had like one or, one or two, two fights against, against other guys, guys the, 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 a title, title fight's always going to be there for a guy with knockout, knockout power, like Deontay Wilder. Wilder. And I don't, I don't think, think anyone else, else named, not named Tyson Fury, Usyk, or Joshua would beat him anyway. So I don't think there was a risk of him getting a loss. But I think it would have been more, it would have been helpful for him to have a couple other fights to work on. How, how he's going, going to change, change his, approach his approach to boxing, boxing so that it's more more muscle memory and more discipline than the very, the very first fight being against Tyson Fury, a guy that's just, just bigger, bigger, bigger better, better, and better. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like it. it. Um, so, so that being that said, that leads us up to uh, this weekend, weekend boxing. El Terminador. El Terminador, another favorite of the pod. Uh, Navarrete, Navarrete. Navarrete. Um, so it is Friday, uh, October 15th, October 15th. The, the card starts at, uh, 825. Uh, it's on ESPN plus. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else on the card we need to really concern ourselves with. Um, it's just, uh, it's, 
scheduled for 12 rounds. He's it's his fourth fight at 126. He's fighting Joette Gonzalez. I, I don't know much about this guy. I, I would expect that Navarrete just go in and, and take him out. But look, uh, it, it's, I'm not saying it's a big fight, but if you got ESPN Plus, Navarrete is fun to watch every time. Must see. Must see. Yeah, yeah, so, so I, I, I say, say go ahead and, and turn, turn into El Terminator. And again, we, we, we call him the Terminator because he just walks into damage and just, and just keeps, keeps coming. coming. He doesn't he care, care if you just punched him in the face super hard. hard. He, just he just keeps, keeps coming. coming. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I already forgot his opponent's name because he's done. Joes something. He stands no chance. Navarrete. It's gonna, it's gonna stop, stop him. him. Yeah, it's, the guy, the guy's twenty-four and one with like fourteen knockouts. He could be fifty and zero, and it wouldn't matter. Navarrete's coming. It's yeah, time. It doesn't matter. I would. What, what'll be interesting for Navarrete is what's next because this guy's only loss was to Shakur. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's just no like. Top, unfortunately, top rank doesn't have any of the. I guess, I guess the big, the big we'll call them the big, the big 126ers. Like, they don't have Lara, Warrington, Zukon, Lee Wood. Like, they're all the zone guys in that room. So, hopefully they can get something because we need to see Navarrete in a huge, huge championship fight soon with a big, a big time name just to, you know, start start putting something on the ribs there for his for his resume. Otherwise... Otherwise, you got to move up. You move up to 130 where they top ranks got all those names, or move back down to 122 and get get in a way up there and have those guys fight. You got to got to get got to get a big name next. Yep, I agree. Okay, so it's enough for boxing this week. What a week! More to come throughout October and November, which brings us to. Uh, our, uh, our guest, guest Jim, Jim and I, and I we're going to preview the NHL. NHL. We started last night, night um, and then, then the rest of the league, league kicking off tonight. tonight. First year where we got ESPN on the broadcast. Um, boy, boy, that, that, that was, was a little underwhelming to start the year, year but, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Someone said that, Jim, I didn't see it, but someone was saying that they were in studio with Charles Barkley on TNT and stuff. Yeah, so Charles Barkley was in the the studio today because... Him and Wayne Gretzky are really good friends, and uh, this is probably better than anything NBC did over, I don't know, their 15 years that they had studio shows for the NHL. I mean, those two had a shootout. I mean, Barkley had no idea how to put the gear on, and Gretzky, probably (laughs) one of the best players in a league, is taking shots at you at his age, can still put the puck in the net. So, I mean... Was it basically a slap shot regatta? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, Barkley did stop one. Slap shot regatta. regatta. But, but Gretzky's going bar down on him. I mean, like, it's, it was – but you know what? Charles being there, I will say this, brings a different element. If it's only for tonight, if he can come in every now and then because he's got his inside the NBA, his timing on everything, his jokes and stuff. I mean, tonight I remember, like, Gretzky was saying stuff about, you know, how, how teams win championships and Charles is like, if teams – how. What, teams win championships? How come everybody's saying I didn't win anything then? <laughs> like, his timing with everything was great. I mean, their studio is good. Last night, ESPN being back, the iconic theme, 17 years. I mean, it's just nice to have it back. Yeah, where well, there's some audio issues to begin with, sure. But you know what? The, the, the ratings were good, and that's all they can ask for, especially with playoffs being on for MLB. 
So, but it was good to have hockey back. The NHL is back a week later than normal. Normally, they start about you know October a week earlier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what? Eighty-two games. It's good to have the NHL back. Nice. nice. Okay. okay. So the way we're going to break, break this down, down is, is Jim is going to give us his his division by division breakdown. breakdown. He's going to tell us who he thinks is going to win the division and the four playoff teams. And then I'm going to come in here with the follow him with the super spicy my picks except for i'm going to deliver them in the form of a blind date like contestant number one and uh then jim is going to have to guess who i think is going to win the division based on my my blind date profile oh okay i like this spicing it up yep yep okay so jim let's start out with the atlantic division all right, so how, how do you view that? So the Atlantic Division uh, basically comes down to me uh, to two Florida teams, the Panthers under Joel Quinville and the, the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, one game, you know, is not going to determine the division. I mean, the Lightning will find their way. Banner raising nights are not really good for any team in any sport, so I'm going to chalk that one up to them closing out the, their back-to-back Stanley Cups. Uh, but you know what? Tampa's still a good team. I, I like what they have. It- it's going to be interesting to see what their third line is going to look like now, especially when Gordon, Goudreau, and um, mm-hmm. Coleman are not there anymore, but they still got a- the best top six in, in the uh, in the league and in the division. To me, Florida, I, I like what they're doing there. Joel Quinville, second year, you know, full-time, you know, is Bobrovsky on the way out as a goaltender? What about Spencer Knight? But I like what they're doing there. Add Sam Reinhart. Barkov's locked up. They get Ekblad back. So they're a team on the rise. Similar to those Blackhawk teams, you know, of those late of the late like two thousands, early two thousand tens with Quinville behind the bench as well. So I like that. Obviously people are gonna be looking at Toronto, great regular season team, but can they get it done in the playoffs? Uh Boston's still a threat. To make the playoffs in that team, despite uh, in that division, despite not having David Krejci, no Tuka Rask, but if Rask come back and they can bring him back in and fit him in, they have a good solid goaltending duel there as well. Um, Montreal's a team to watch too, uh, just because even though Carey Price isn't playing right now, no Shea Weber, they have a really good young team, and but they have to back up what they did these last two years, and then you know pretty much rounding out is like Detroit, Buffalo. Uh, the, those teams down there, Ottawa. Ottawa's gonna be, you know, Ottawa's gonna be pesky for the for those top teams, especially you think Canadians. So, yeah, I think I like what they're I like their young team there, and you know what? When they play the rivals, Montreal and Toronto, it's always they always play them well. They always play them tough. I mean, I was w- winning best last year on the Senators because they played Toronto, and Montreal so much. So oh, wow, wow. I mean, you got to take the sends every now and then, and let's see when Brady Kachuk comes back. But, you know, same with the – think about this. So, it's funny. The year that the Canadian – the year of the, the COVID, the return to play bubble, the Canadians would have missed the playoffs because they lost to Detroit four times. So, they got to beat teams like that if they want to get back in the playoffs uh, and, and make a run. But they have a nice young team there. But to me, I think the four teams – uh, that, that get in from the Atlantic are Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston. I really just like those teams. Uh, does Montreal make a run yet? But Carey Price has to be on his game. And Jake Allen's going to be fine. I mean, they all only lost tonight 2-1. But, you know, Montreal's going to be grinding all year. All right. All right. So, so now, now here's, here's my, my blind, blind date. date. 
you have to guess who I'm taking to win. I'm your old faithful. You know what you're getting with me. I've got the jewelry you need, baby. I'm young in all the right places, but I can score with the best of them. And if I need to block you from scoring, my main man can stand on his head. Who am I? Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that was an easy one. So that's a good one to start. Um, that was good, though. Um, so I, I agree with all your analysis. I will say the Bruins, I, if I was the rest, I think this is probably the deepest, uh, might be the deepest division in the game. Um, I, I would be scared of the Bruins if I was the other other teams. I actually have the Canadian sneak again over the Maple Leafs. Ooh. Um, but other than that, yeah, I got the Bruins, Lightning, Canadians, and, and the Florida Panthers. So uh, those are my four making it in, in that division. So how do you see the Metro going down? So Metro, I mean, to me, if people have been following me along, you know, I'm a big proponent of the New York Islanders, what they did. You know, I was listening to Barry Trotz and, and Lamorell the other day, and they were saying, you know, this team has unfinished business, and anything less than that is is going to be considered a failure. And, you know, they're they're just going to play their game. They're going to go out and play their style, and they don't care if they're the underdog or the favorite. They, they're going out there with the belief that they can play with any team in the league, and they proved it the last two years going to Eastern Conference Final. And I, I think they can do the same thing again this year. I really like the way they... Their team is um, structured. They pretty much have everybody back. They added Sachara and and Parisi for leadership. I mean, tonight mm-hmm. they just you know re-signed Ryan Pollock for an eight-year deal at the same um, pay at Adam Pellick at five point seven five million. So I, mean, I love that I love they, they have, have Pollock and Pellick. <laughs> right, but both guys are locked up for eight years at the same term, and and the way defensemen have been getting paid. Over the summer, neither guy's making over $8 million or $6 million. That's a steal for Lamorello. So the Islanders know what they're doing. Uh, and Trotz, that system, I like the Islanders. Um, Carolina, to me, I know a lot of people are, um, say they're going to take a step back this year with their goaltending, and that might be the case because you got two guys that are very injury-prone. But but I like Rob Brendamore's system there, and, and the, the players like playing for him and their depth. So, you know, Carolina's a team, to me, that, that can get – back to the playoffs, especially in this tough division with teams improving. Uh, the Washington Capitals, I think, are, are going to make a run uh, for the playoffs this year. I really like what they have on this team. I mean, Ovechkin, you know, broke Marcel, is passing Marcel Dion tonight uh, on Wednesday against, you know, the Rangers. He scored two more goals, so that's the, all that team does. It's going to be interesting, though, because they haven't won a playoff series since Barry Trotz left. So let's see if they can buy in the way they won the Cup in eighteen. Or is Ovi just going after uh, Gretzky's record uh, for most goals? Uh, the four spots a little tricky because you know you got the Rangers, you got the Flyers who've improved. You have the Penguins there. Are they all? Are, are they gonna? Are they gonna? Is this the year they finally fade? I mean, after one game with no Sid and Malkin, you're like, oh, these these guys are buying in. But can they do it when those two players are in the lineup? Uh, the Rangers to me is a must make the playoffs after all the changes they made. You know, people say they could take a step back. I think they started the wrong goaltender in game one. I thought it should have been Shesterkin over Gorgiev, but hey, who am I? I'm not the coach. Um, so you probably should be. That, yeah, that exactly. Probably should be. Uh, there was a lot of questions uh, by the panel as well over that. The Flyers have improved, but it's got to be Carter Hart. He's got to figure out a way to, to rekindle that magic. I like what the, the players they brought in, Ellis, you know, Cam Atkinson, Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know, sleeper team, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be way, way more improved and harder to play against are, are the New Jersey Devils. Uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton, Bernier's there. They, you know, Dawson Mercer looks like a stud through training camp. Uh, I like the way they've um, constructed the lines. They have good goaltending. So they're going to definitely be harder to play against, and Columbus is going to run out the bottom in this team. But to me, I think it's the Islanders. I think it's Carolina, Washington. And I'm going to put the Rangers in there just because. But there's potentially, you know, think about this. There's potentially five teams that could come out of the Metro or five teams that come out of the Atlantic, which means only three teams are getting in from the other division. Yep, yep, yep. yep. No, no, um, um all right, all so, right, so let me start, start off with, off with again, again my uh, uh, my blind date. You, you ready? Yeah. Oh, oh baby. baby, me and my me main and my competition main are gonna be, gonna be so, so tight, tight all, year. all year. But after you, after you drink, drink a few cocktails, cocktails named, named after, after me and bask, bask on, my on my beaches, beaches there's, no, there's way no way you'll pick the other guy. Who am I? Oh wow, that's really good. Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes. A cocktail, a cocktail named the Hurricane. hurricane. You know, yeah. you like drink a hurricane with the beaches in, in Carolina. Carolina Hurricanes. So you have so the Hurricanes I, winning the division. Yeah, honestly, I. it's hard for me. Like, I, it was right there with, with the Islanders, but honestly, it was more fun to write a thing about the Carolina Hurricanes than it was the Islanders. So I, I went with the Hurricanes. <laughs> Uh, but um, the four teams I have are Hurricanes, Islanders, Capitals. Um, I think Ovechkin is just going to keep marching on. And then I'm actually taking the Penguins to make the playoffs. They won the division last year. I know it wasn't the same division, but um, I mean, Crosby and Malkin aren't gone. They're just not playing all the games. Um, and the thing about the Penguins is they typically play tighter and better without those guys i don't know why like that's just maybe because they have like younger hungrier guys in there so i think they can stay within shouting distance of 500 until those guys come back i mean gensel's out too uh the the i mean the thing is they they might make the playoffs but i think with their goaltending i don't think they can make any noise in the, in the playoffs um yeah that that i agree with that because i mean yeah, Tristan Jari looked good, but he really didn't face a lot of shots uh, against Tampa Bay. And can he keep it up? I mean, he was a big reason why the Penguins lost to the Islanders last year in the playoffs. Like, so. he could pull a Matt Murray, Murray rabbit out of a hat, sure, sure, but, like, what are the odds? Like, not not very likely. Not, not good at all. Um, and, like, in terms of the Rangers, I love their skill players. I wish they wouldn't have had a knee-jerk reaction to all the Tom Wilson stuff and, 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 and like, signed all these, like, dipshit goons like they they just i think they went overboard with it and i think that's going to detract from like what they could be doing if they would assign some like better depth pieces um the islanders are just going to be incredible again i mean barry trots i i, I feel like they're in, the, they're in the new arena now right yeah they'll be in the new arena i mean the only thing going against them to start the season is they're on a 13 game road trip but they have all, so many home games at the end of the year to to you know balance it out that I think UBS Arena is going to be like the old Coliseum and it's just going to be you know it's just going to be rocking and it's going to be a home ice advantage for them as and, well. And Jim, and Jim back, back me up, me up here. here. I, feel I feel like every coach who is, who is not, not your, your team's, team's coach, coach you just, you just think, think is a total, a total asshole, asshole no matter, no matter what. what. 
and that's how I feel about Barry Trotz. I'm like, the stuff he says, I'm like, I'm sick of this guy. But like, he's he's probably the best coach in the league because he just wins everywhere he goes. Yeah, I mean, you can say the two best coaches in the league right now are John Cooper and Barry Trotz. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, that's how I see the division shaking out. Yeah, it's, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, I, I think, you know, to be honest, I think if the Islanders don't win the division, I still think they're going to make a run of the Eastern Conference Final just because of the way that team's constructed. Yep, 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 yep I, agree. I agree. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's go, go on, on to, to the, the Central, Central out, out, out in the Western, Western Conference. Conference. All right, so Central Division, I think, the, to me, I think Colorado's the best team in that division, uh, hands down. You know, even with Nathan McKinnon not playing the opening night because of, you know, COVID stuff, they're on a mission like the Islanders. I don't think the way the season ended last year, they like it too much, left a bad taste in their mouth. And I think two teams have, like, that San Antonio Spurs mentality when they lost to Miami that one year. They came back running. I think those two teams, you know, those two teams are really going to be making a charge. And right now we see it. Colorado's just beating up on Chicago right now. And you know what? To me... Yeah, Colorado's best team in, in that division, uh, to, followed by the Winnipeg Jets. I think Winnipeg's probably, you know, to me, I think the best Canadian team right now, the way they're constructed. And, you know, I just like just like their game. I like Connor Hellebeck as their goaltender. You know, Kyle Connor up front, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, all those players that they have. Mark Scheifele, who actually is still serving his suspension from the playoffs, uh, believe it or not. But, yeah, I like that those guys there, you know, in the central. Another team I like, you know, Minnesota, I like, you know, they brought in Kaprizov. Uh, they re-signed him. They, they, Bill Guerin's doing things the right way there, and I think they're just going to take the next step this year. You know, goaltending could be a question, but I think the structure that they have there is really good. Uh, Dallas, to me, is a team to watch out for this year as well. I think they're going to get back to the playoffs. You know, a healthy Ben and Sagan, definitely going to help. And, you know... Last year, a lot of guys were, you know, dealing with COVID down there and stuff. This year, you full 82 games, you get some rest. And that's a big thing I forgot to mention with the Islanders, their style, the way, way they play. If the NHL goes to the Olympics this year, that your bodies are going to get rested. And that'll just, you know, um, and, you know, get them ready for the second half of the season. You know, a contender in that division could be Nashville with UC Soros because he could be, he's probably one of the best goalies in the league right yeah, now. Man. So he could carry that team. But I don't know if they have enough up offensively without Victor Arbison to help them. You know, they still have issues down the middle. And they're paying Johansson and Duchesne a lot of money there as well. Um, other than that, I mean, like, the, you know, I, I don't see St. Louis making a run, to be honest. I think their window's closing. And I think there's going to be a time and a place when they trade Vladimir Tarasenko. I'm just not sold on them just yet. But, that you know, that's me. Um, and then obviously uh, Chicago rounding out the bottom. I, I, you know they they had a nice run last year. They faded towards the end. Yeah, they made all these moves. They have Taze coming back, but their defense is so weak that I, I just don't see them doing much. All right. All right. Well, um, hold on. So I'll pick my. I'll pick the and obviously Arizona's yeah, there. Arizona's just a bottom feeder. You, so it, which, which four are you taking, taking then? then? I'm gonna take uh, Colorado, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota, and Dallas. Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Dallas. Okay. Um. All right. Well, are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. Here we go. 
Well, 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 look who's back in town, babe. It's your ex, and I've returned back on the scene, hitting up all our old dive bars, wearing that leather jacket you like. Hop on the back of my motorcycle, and let's go grab some deep dish. The captain's back. We got some new pieces, and we're here to make noise. Vroom, vroom. Who am I? It's not... It's not Colorado, is it? No, no. No. Deep dish, the captain's back. Deep dish, Chicago, the really? Yeah, let's go, baby. Chicago. I knew Chicago, that. really? I, I, wow, you said it, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, they got Seth Jones and Calvin DeHaan. I like that. Their, their second and third pairings are not as great, but Taves is back. They got Flurry, um, and I just love to say Alex DeBrinket. Plus, they got Tyler Johnson. From from St. Louis, St. Louis had to let him go for cat purposes. You, you mean you mean uh, Tampa Bay? Oh, what did I say? St. Louis. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I yeah I I uh, dude and that's the thing is like all of a sudden like Patrick Kane just stuck his head up last year was like hey hey everybody like I'm still here so. Uh, I don't think they do anything in the playoffs, but I think they have one of those weird years where they go on and win the division. I, I honestly do, and maybe that makes me look silly at the end. Now that you picked them to finish so low, but, but uh, I, I I love it. I I think they're gonna do well. So um, the rest I have to finish out the division is um, Colorado, obviously. Yeah. And Minnesota, I went back and forth on Minnesota and Winnipeg in my four spot, but I actually like the Blues. I'm buying the Blues. You're selling the Blues. Um, Tarasenko, they're not even counting on him on his top six anymore from what it looks like. It looks like they got him on the third line. Um, and it looks like on a line with James Neal is a third line, and I'm like, mm, this team could do some – plus – I, I also have to, it, 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 like, confess my absolute man crush on Pareko. Um, so that's probably disproportionately influencing my pick as well because I just, I just love their giant-ass defenseman. Uh, him and um, – oh, what's, what's the other one there? Um, Pareko um, – Oh, they got Bertuzzo. Tori Krug, like, I always forget that he went down there after he left Boston. Like, Justin Falk, I, 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 I like him, dude. I, yeah, I mean, they have a good team, no doubt. I mean, they're definitely going to be in contention. But And then Bennington is their, is their if goal. Bennett, the, the, the factor is going to be Bennington. If he can play and rekindle his magic, right. yeah, then they, they are definitely contention, a contender to, to make the playoffs. The Rio Who's the goalie James for Dallas Neal. this year? But you know, I I like Dallas this year. Who who's your goalie this year, Dallas? I believe it is still uh, Hudobin and Ottinger. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up as we speak right now. It is uh, Holpe and Hudobin. Oh, uh, Holpe and Hudobin, but they have Ottinger in their system, which is and Ben Bishop in their system. Yeah, well, Bishop ain't playing, so oh, he's not. Yeah, he's still he's hurt, and I don't think he's oh, even playing. He? Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they got, they got uh, their top defensive pair is Issa Lindell and Miro Heiskinen. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about those guys, but then they got Suter and Klingberg, and then Andre Sekera. He's he's a veteran. Yeah, I mean they're they're 
they're gonna be they're gonna be interesting. I just I feel like Pavelski is so ancient at this point. Yeah, but the thing is, the dude all all the dude does is put up points. And I know he's still, still good. Like I mean, even after he left San Jose, I was like, oh yeah, he's, he had a down year. Yep, nope, just carried the team to the playoffs. Yeah, he went to Stanley Cup final. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I feel points. like that was such a flash in the pan though. And, but I do like. Their, their, their second line, line, oddly enough, their second line, line Jamie, Ben, Sagan, and Radulov, and their third line, Raffle, Faxa, and uh, I don't know, Denis Gurianov, but... Oh, yeah, Gurianov, yeah. Um, yeah, man, so it's it's going to come down to that, that final spot for St. Louis and Dallas, but, dude, I don't know, like, maybe I'm just a flurry, like, uh, flurry-colored glasses, but, like, I... And Patrick, and Patrick Kane, Kane do too. I like Patrick Kane. I I think Chicago's gonna be good. I may and maybe maybe I'm crazy, but that's that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, you know, again, this is preseason predictions. Anything can happen. No one expected Chicago to do anything that they did last year, and they almost sure. made the playoffs and hung on for dear life last year. So yep. and they didn't have taste. So you never know. And, and Seth, Seth Jones, Jones and Tyler, Tyler Johnson, Johnson and, and Flurry and right. all these other guys they added. Anyway, anyway. All, right, all right, so, so let's, let's get, get out, out to the Pacific, Pacific which, which kind of looks, looks like, like a pretty, pretty weak, weak division, division, right? Probably the weakest yeah. one. Yeah, weakest division, yeah. Go, go, go for go it. For all right, for me, I think, obviously, the class of that division is the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, by far the best team in the division. A lot of people say they're going to take a step back. They might, but when they, you don't have the best goalie duo in the league anymore and Leonard and Fleury, you know, Laurent Bressois is on a bad backup, but everything's on Robert Leonard now. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, you know, for some reason get in their own heads in the playoffs. Excuse me, as we saw the last couple of seasons when they when they face a hot goaltender um, and their power play just needs to be better, but they had a good game last night against uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, in the league for the first time. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, I see the Edmonton Oilers as a second team in this division. I just think anybody with Connor McDavid on their team, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you know, the additions of Duncan Keith, uh, they, they have a good team. You know, the Oilers are out to prove a lot of people they're just not an offensive team, but a, a defensive team too. Now this is where the fun begins because since it is the weakest division, you know, there's so many teams that can make the playoffs. Could be the Flames. You know, Flames got to do a lot of things this year or else there's going to be major changes coming. Uh, They already made a major change with Daryl Suter behind the bench. I don't know why they decided that the head coach needed to go when, you know, players probably should have gone. But if they don't make the playoffs, even more changes are coming. Then you have the Seattle Kraken, you know, expansion team, you know, Personally, I, I like what they did. They added Grubauer. They added some nice pieces in the expansion draft. They added some nice pieces in free agency with Swartz. So, and they didn't go what, like Vegas did, high risk, high reward. They played a little bit more conservative, but that's what Ron Francis is. Um, then you have Vancouver. They made a nice. They made some moves as well, bringing in Connor Garland, Ekman Larson. They re-signed uh, Quinn Hughes and Pedersen. There's Besser, Bo Horvat. So I like what they have there. And then you have the three California teams. It's a shame Quentin Byfield got injured. Or else the LA Kings might might have made a run uh, at the playoffs at that, and they may still be in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes as well. But to me, I think the four teams: Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle, and I think Vancouver gets in. So that that a nice little Pacific Northwest rivalry going there, and then I think you know everybody else rounds out the rest of it. Like I said, you know two, three, and four could you could be battling out for a bunch of teams right there. 
Nice. 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 I like that. Okay, okay, here's here's, here's my, my last one. one. My last um, blind date, date profile. profile. Hey, hey, babe. babe. Yeah. yeah. It happened, it happened again. again. What happens what here stays here. here. The rest of our division is pretenders. Ride with us as we massacre the other mascots in our video sequences before the game. Who am I? Vegas. <laughs> yep. Um, so so I, you covered it pretty, pretty clearly. clearly. Edmonton, Edmonton, I think they, I think they got, got a skosh better, better, maybe a metric skosh. Uh, you know, they added a little bit of depth here and there. Um, I don't know what the hell Duncan Keith's going to do for them, but, um, you know, they added a couple other little pieces. Um, and from there, flip some coins. I threw Seattle because, as you said, Grubauer is kind of like at the height of his powers right now. And, you know, they kind of built that team to be defensive a little bit. Um, so I could see Seattle making it. And then I'm going to throw the Sharks in there. And that's probably a stretch. But they always seem to, like, be a little bit more competitive than what they should be. And they seem to find a decent mix of, like, young guys and veterans. Um and, and I, I, like I like your pick with Vancouver because they've, they've kind of been, been building, building that team for a couple of years. years. So, uh, you know, hat tip to you on Vancouver. But I, I got a, I got a buddy who's a massive Sharks fan, so I'm just going to say Sharks. <laughs> but um, from there, um, you know, just a couple of things to round it out here. Um, you know, let's go with um, – so another wrinkle I wanted to do, let's do MVP pick. I'm going, I'm going to give, give mine in the stylings of a Canadian, Canadian accent. I, I, I welcome you to do the same if you wish, but if not, you can just give your MVP pick. Yeah, you go ahead. I want to hear oh, your you MVP you go pick. First? Okay. 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 Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's me uh, from, uh, you know, from uh, Toronto. And uh, uh, we got this guy out uh, in Edmonton. I, uh, yeah, I don't see any reason why he should be slowing down, you know. And uh, I kind of think he's going to get about 150 points. And he's just uh, he's super fast. He's got the best hands. And uh, he's he's going to put up a ridiculous amount of points. And so much so that uh, even if they don't win the division and even if they barely make the playoffs, uh, he's, he's going to have so many points. They're going to have to give him the MVP. So... You know, just grab your poutine and sit back, you know, grab a Labatt, Blue, and uh, just enjoy the show, eh? Well, hey, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair assessment of Connor McDavid. I think he is the Hart Trophy finalist. I think he's the Hart Trophy winner. Uh, they love him out in Edmonton. They love him everywhere in Canada. But, uh, yes, I like Connor McDavid as well to be the Hart Trophy uh, winner this year. I don't think there's anybody else that could win it. I mean, there are other guys, say, like, for instance, Panarin puts the team on his back. They get in the playoffs. Like, a Patrick Kane could do it. Maybe Austin Matthews. But uh, to me, I think it's Connor McDavid. Um, yeah, yeah, so McDavid's, so McDavid's plus, plus 200. Nathan, Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon is plus 600. 600. I mean, McKinnon deserved it. You know, the couple years he didn't win it, especially the year that, like, Taylor Hall won it. I thought it was Nathan McKinnon's. And then the one year, like, Drysaddle won it. I thought McKinnon deserved it as well. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All, right, All right, now, now same thing with Vezina, except for a Russian, Russian accent. accent. Well, I, I really can't do really a Ruski. <laughs> Ru- Ruskis. The Ruskis. But uh, to me, uh, the favorite's Andre Vasilevsky down in Tampa. Uh, he's the best goaltender in the world. He's got two Stanley Cup rings. As uh, Nikita Kucherov said in his press conference, 
uh, after the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, Vazzy is uh, is Vezina. I don't care about the guy out in Vegas. Uh, it's Vazzy all the way. But don't be surprised like a guy like Connor Hellebeck wins it either. But both two those two guys are the best goalies in in uh, in the league right now. In the mother country, puck stops you. But there's no reason that this guy should not be the Vezina. He has been the best goalie the past two years. He has won the Cups. They gave it to that other guy. We are going with Andres Vasilevsky to win the Vezina this year. Which, hat tip to... Little... I'm gonna, I'm gonna whisper it. Ready? I'm gonna whisper. Oh yeah, Samsung. Eh, it's gonna be. He's gonna. He might have something to say about it. You know. The, uh, you know. They. They're gonna play defensive style. He might put up some stats. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw that name out there. Um, as 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 a, as a finalist. Um, from there, uh, the Calder Trophy. Calder. Calder Trophy. I have no accents. Other. I just wanted to bring up Cole Caulfield because he's a stud. He's gonna have a great year for Montreal. Um, and I think he's gonna win the Calder. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, I think Caulfield's gonna win the Calder too. I, the the dude was a beast in the playoffs last year with Nick Suzuki when I came into the lineup. He's a dynamic player, so fast. He, he changed that team ever since he entered that lineup. Changed that series against Toronto. Sheldon Keefe said it after they lost in seven games that he changed the series. Um, so I like him. I mean, a guy to keep an eye on maybe be a, like a Trevor Zegras or uh, or a Spencer Knight. If Spencer Knight gets the net down to Florida, but I, yeah, I think it's Caulfield's trophy to lose. All right. All right so, so now let's, now give, let's our give our Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup predictions, predictions, and then we'll and bring, bring Drew in on this juggernaut. Or not. So, so um, um, I'll go I'll first. Go first. I'm, I'm based, based on on, on some, some of these conversations. conversations you're, you're you're gonna, gonna hate one of these picks, but even though I picked the Canes to win the division. I am picking the Islanders to make the Stanley Cup Finals versus, you ready for this? This is hilarious since you sold this team. The St. Louis Blues. Oh, okay. So the Blues are plus 3,500 to win it, and the Islanders are plus 1,600. I'm taking the Islanders to break the curse of the Mets-Jets Islanders fans. Plus 1,600. Gary, Gary Trotz, Trotz, they're building they're this team the right way. way. I love I their goalie, goalie, love their D. They, they, they got, got sandpaper in the lineup. They got they traded for scores. Uh, they, they they don't seemingly have, have a hole, and, and Trotz, Trotz is going to have them playing the right way. way. And, 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 and Trotz, Trotz in the playoffs is a beast. And so, so I, I think I this is the year they, they, they finally break through that ceiling and win the cup. I mean, guy pretty much stole my Stanley Cup final. Get out! Oh. Winner. Oh. Pretty much stole my Stanley Cup winner, but that's okay. I'm on the Islanders bandwagon. Oh too. yeah, baby, let's go! I mean, I've been. I thought they should have won last year, won nothing in the Eastern Conference Final. But you know what? I like what the Islanders have done. A big fan of Barry Trotz. I think they do have unfinished business, but I think they placed the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Final. Makes sense. And I think the Islanders get it done, and they bring it to UBS Arena in their first year of existence because they're that close. They were that close that that year last year. There's no reason why this team can't go back to the same position, and I think they can get over the hump, and I know what, they know what it takes. The only thing stopping them is injuries and themselves because they are the team to beat. Uh, so that's my Stanley Cup. 
early. Wait. Way, way, way. Preseason early. pick. Preseason yeah. pick. All right. Well, well just to just close out hockey, hockey uh, Drew. Uh, sir. I know you've had some time off here for the past 30, 40 minutes, but I wanted to. It's all right. Some interesting developments have happened, so continue. Oh, gosh. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I got some trivia for you. I love it. Some hockey trivia. Who has the most points ever in their career? Yamir Yager. So close. Wayne Gretzky has the most points ever. Probably, probably should have said that. Who has the I just second? Like, Yager, I mean, Yager played for like 40 years. Yeah, but don't forget, Yager played in Czech Republic for how many years? So those stats don't said, count in who, the National Hockey League. Who has the second most points ever was the follow-up. Because I was sure you were going to get Gretzky right. So I, I, that was the, the follow-up was the second most points. Is, is that Yager Yager? It is. It is Yager yeah, Yager. Yeah. Well, even, even, even regardless of where he played before, like, he, when did he come to the, to, to the to No, NHL? but uh, we're, we're, we're saying, like, he played with Pittsburgh at age 19 or something, and then he, at age, like, 40, he went to, like, uh, Russia or Czech or whatever, and then he came back at age, like, 43 and played, like, four more years or something. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, he was with the Flyers at one point when he was, yeah, like, 45. And that, and that, okay. He's still playing over the Czech Republic. I'm with you. Okay, yeah, I get you. Like I didn't realize he's still playing. I didn't realize he took a break. Well, he didn't take a break. He just played in a different league because they paid yeah. him more money. Um, okay, Drew, you ready for this? I'm ready. Name three Canadian teams. Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus! Teams? Oh, yeah, you're 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 ruining my my practice for this. Uh, the Canadians. There's one. There's one. one. All right, all right, get this. Um, fuck. What is Toronto? I don't know their mascot. Toronto. Okay. They're, they're, Do we they're, give it to them? Yeah, we'll, we'll give it to them. The, the, I think, I, the, maple, the maple leaves. Maple leaves. Ah. Uh, Okay, so what's the third? Oh, there's the two I thought you. Oh, did. I'm totally that's, gonna get that's, this. That's why I made it three. I well, I might I might not get this because I don't know if this is still the franchise, but the, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. That's all. Oh, there. there it is. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, baby. Oh man, I thought right. for sure you were gonna be like Nova Scotia. <laughs> um. All right, two more, Drew. What is a Gordy Howe hat trick? Hey, you, three goals? You shit me? It's not three goals. No. no. Oh. Gordy Howe hat trick. It's when you score a goal, get an assist, and also get in a fight in the same game. Oh, God. I would have never guessed that. All right. And to close it out, when is the last time the Flyers won the Stanley Cup? Ooh, the Broadsheet Bullies. Uh, it was definitely the 70s. It was 74 or 77. 74 and don't you forget it that's right oh man yeah you really you really disappointed me i I thought let's go actually it was 75 74 75 yeah it was a 74 75 season i was i I thought you were going to ask me more like player questions so i had opened the roster of the 1992 pittsburgh penguins and i was just going to answer with those guys and ron francis 
But then I had then I had open as well the IMDb page for the roster of Mystery Alaska. I was gonna start I was gonna start mixing in John Beebe and Stevie Weeks. Great movie, by the yeah. way. Oh, oh, did stuff. you did you hear our review on that one, Jimmy B? I did. Oof. So I was guess that those are gonna be all my answers, but then you actually asked me like things about teams. So I did all right there. So yeah, I bad. Good stuff. I I never would have got that hat trick ever. Uh, yeah, so. I was wondering. All right, well. All right, fair enough. Whew, we are going lengthy and girthy here. So, um, Drew, let let's um, let Jim. Th- thanks for the insight, brother. As always, uh, you can catch Jim Nightcap Recap. Uh, where where, where else are? Where, uh, check me on Nightcap Recap. Check me on um, Blaster on Hockey. Check me at Full Press Hockey when we do the show. Let's talk. I'm everywhere these days. You know, it's too many stuff to go on. Um, <laughs> you're writing for a wrestling newsletter too, aren't you? What? You're you're writing for a wrestling newsletter. Yeah, too, doing right? full press wrestling. Follow me with the ratings. Uh, I got everything for you. All you all you need to know. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks guys for having me. I'm just gonna pop out, uh, and you guys do your thing. Appreciate it, Jim. Beautiful, right. beautiful. All right, Drew. Um, a couple quick, a quick hitter topic here. Um, One hitter M- MLB playoffs. Um, we were talking earlier. I I've been friggin' so busy. I I've barely watched. I've watched a, a game here and there. You've watched a lot more. Yeah. Um. Basically, we both had. We're riding the Brewers. They they Oof. got out. They got Jesus. ousted. Um. The Braves. Uh, where I mean. Remember early, like, what was it, like, June or July when they were, like, 58 and 55? Yeah. And, and they were, like, neck and neck with the Phillies, and then the Braves just went on a run? Yeah. Yeah, the here Phillies, we are. The Phillies got swept by uh, the Diamondbacks, and that was all she wrote. But Now, uh, now they're in the Yeah, NLCS. I mean, Peter, P- Peterson's just hitting pinch hit home run after pinch hit home run for them, and the uh, – I mean the pitching's been good, man. They've 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 really had time. You know, we we talk about timely hitting, man. They've had timely timely pitching, like two on, nobody out. They 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 get the right guy in there, and they don't give up any runs or you know the two out two out strikeouts, things like that. I mean they've been they've been putting it together. Um, my Rays lost. Uh, I I'm I'm heartbroken. What a rally in Game Four, down five nothing to tie it five five, and then freaking walk off for uh for the red Sox. yeah uh, of course as we predicted the freaking astros would somehow find a way to get in here they were supposed to play game one um they were supposed to play game oh no i'm looking at the wrong thing sorry they they now play the red Sox in game one which i think will be friday uh, as i as i said annoyingly yeah. the red Sox always make it one more round than they should because they're the freaking Red Sox, so yeah, here we are. Yeah, exactly. And now uh, we now we got to deal with either them or the the Astros for a, yet another round in, in the World Series. And we got the uh, we got the five or the game five tomorrow night: Dodgers and Giants, the two best teams in baseball. Is that not be... tonight? No, no, it's because oh, they, okay. they they have to quote unquote travel. So oh, okay, gotcha. uh, the day off. I I don't I don't know who they're going to be pitching tomorrow i was trying to i know oh, i do it's, like it's web Julio web and your web, yeah. web and was it urius urius versus logan webb yeah yeah uh i mean scherzer pitched two nights ago i mean he lost one nothing he pitched a friggin gem but he i think he pitched seven or eight innings so 
I don't know if they're going to be able to use him. I, I imagine he'll, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's game, it's a game five. I imagine it's all hands on deck, but, uh, so we're going to say it's going to be exciting. I think the Dodgers are going to win. I think their lineup's just too deep. And as we said in our preview that it, eventually until we see the giants holding the world series trophy, we're just not going to believe this is a real thing. So yeah, exactly. That's that. But funny, it's funny that, that you brought up the baseball playoffs. Cause, uh, we were joking before the show. Our 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 friend uh, friend Teddy, friend of the pod, co-host of the two uh, the Go for Two special that we released uh, last night. We always I, I always joke that he's a fair weather fan and he's got like eighteen teams that he cheers for. And uh, my phone was blowing up here as you and Jimmy were just breaking that shit down, man. Like awesome. I'm trying to pay attention because I need to be more of a savant in, in hockey. And like I just see these messages from Teddy, like. Razor on fire. Razor closing the gap. The Razor, dude. The Razor, Razor on a run. The Rays just tied the game, and I'm like, Teddy, what are you, what are you watching? He's like, dude, the Rays and Red Sox are on, man. He's he's watching a replay of the game from Monday night today. Not even realizing oh it's a replay of the game. I'm like, Ted, that series is already over. He's like, oh man. I'm still I'm still feeling that 1 a.m. recording session last night. I'm like, God, oh what gosh. an amateur hour. But sorry, I felt that I felt that story was funny and oh my funny gosh. enough to share as we talked about the MLB Brady. Oh, but, that's that's funny. Yeah, listen, uh, I I think I think that the the Astros are gonna beat the Red Sox. At least I I I could care. I I don't like any team that's left. I absolutely despise the Braves. So. Uh, I, I and I, I don't want the Dodgers to win. I, I guess I kind of want it to be Astros Giants. That's or that's probably the least annoying outcome that we could have. But whatever, they're Arenz Arena's out, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. And I, as I mentioned, I, I like when there's tight pitching in the playoffs. It just to me like it just makes it so much more suspenseful. But oh well, um, I'm with the, you, bro. I, that's why I wanted the Brewers to go. Uh, all right. Anyway, from there, do we want to do our guillotine picks? Oh yeah, let's get let's go through these. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we're going pretty long here. Let's we'll try and make them reasonable. I mean, we agreed we agreed on all of them. So this week, so we're probably yeah. This lose is freaky. Every- so we we always pick separately and then get put our heads together. And when we put our heads together, we had every game picked the exact same. It, and most of them were were within one or two weights of each other. So this is so strange. Yeah, so then I'll in, enjoy this segment because it's probably going to be our last one the way this is going to work. <laughs> but uh but look at it. through 5 weeks we've been doing we've been doing pretty good. I think we've been in the top 5 three out of the 5 weeks and we've yeah. been like right on the edge of the middle for the two other weeks. So yeah, again, cumulative doesn't cumulative scores don't matter, but uh picking picking good winners. So Number number sixteen, or sorry, he's only fourteen now. So fourteen this n- week. Yeah, number fourteen. We're taking the Rams over the Giants in New York. I, I don't know if Jones is playing after he got concussed on just god awful playing calling last week. Saquon's out four weeks. Uh, Galladay's going to be out. It, the Rams should absolutely obliterate this team. So give him give him twenty and a half, and we're still going to be picking the uh, the Rams to win that game. Yeah, what's the spread there? Ten, ten and a half. Okay. Ten and a half, yeah. Uh, our 13th pick is the Green Bay Packers. They're in Chicago. They're giving four and a half points. Uh, we think Chicago is going to be the kind of team each week that they win a week, they lose a week, win a week, lose a week. This is their week to lose. Packers, you know, they they look like they're firing, firing all cylinders with, with Rodgers. 
we'll 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 give the points and we're gonna we're gonna win by at least a touchdown there. Plus Aaron Jones and and now AJ Dillon too are getting it working. So I think yeah. I think they continue to roll. Yep. Uh, our number twelve pick, uh, the Red Hot Cowboys. Uh, they're going to New England. Uh, they're giving four and a half. Listen, New England, uh, they, they're going to beat bad teams in close games. They're not going to beat good teams. Dallas looks to be one of the top five teams in football easily. They're going to – too much too much firepower offensively. They're going to go crazy. Not to mention, too, when you let go of your best player, Stephon Gilmore, I know he – what, is he injured and then trying to negotiate a contract? So it's not yeah. like he was on the field. But, like, that I think kind of, like, sends negative shockwaves through your locker room. So that I think that, at least for this week, at least has an effect. So, Yep, I agree. Uh, number 11 – They've been struggling, but we're taking the Kansas City Chiefs. They're giving six and a half to Washington. Jo is officially off this Washington kick. It took us took us a while to get him there, but now we're just picking against them whenever we can. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for a contrarian play, and because I think people actually want to pick Washington in this one, so we're gonna go the Chiefs. I feel sorry for those people because they have a low IQ. Uh, number ten, Tampa Bay versus Philly. Tampa Bay is given seven and a half. It's a Thursday night game. Typically, I think we've taken the points on Thursday night. I, yeah. I, I just think the listen. The Eagles' defense turned over Sam Darnold last week. They're not turning over Tom Brady. Uh, I, I think, I think Tampa Bay wins by a minimum of ten points in Philadelphia tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's like you said. It's Thursday. It could be close, but. At the, but at the same flip of a hat, I mean, the Tampa Bay can win by three touchdowns. So I agree. Uh, if Brady throws six touchdowns, I'll be happier than a pig and shit. That's for sure. Uh, number nine, we're going the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. Tough, tough loss to Green Bay in overtime last week. They're in Detroit. They're given three and a half. Uh, we're just we're again similar to Washington. We're just done picking Detroit. Getting yeah, can't take points. Detroit. Yeah. That heart, yeah, that heart, heartbreak city is gonna just continue to go there their way. Uh, number eight, we're taking the Chargers, baby. Until the Chargers lose, we're just taking them all day, every day. They're going into Baltimore. They're getting three and a half. Uh, we both think they're gonna win that game outright. Baltimore just keeps finding a way to win these close games. Not gonna happen this week. Chargers win outright, but we're gonna take the points. Obviously, we take the points in this thing. So if you're a bet, if you're betting at home, I I would take the Chargers money line. I agree. Like Baltimore can't just keep pulling rabbits out of a hat, right? Like they. I they agree. Just, right? They can't. Right? I agree. <laughs> All right. Number seven. This this is tough division game. Uh, Denver is taking on Vegas in Denver. Denver is a home dog, getting three and a half. Uh, you just got to pick against the team that's going to have the coaching chains on a, on a quick turnaround here. Uh, that's kind of my philosophy. Yeah, I mean, um, so when these lines came out, I think these lines came out before all the Gruden stuff, quite honestly. Um, and if you look at the lines now, um, oh, wait, I had it. Um, it's three and a half on ours, so. De- well, Denver is actually a three and a half point favorite as as of right now. Oh, so it's flipped. On ours, before all the Gruden stuff came out, Denver was a three and a half point dog at home. So awesome. that's wow. a huge swing. So we'll definitely Sound- take Denver. Sounds like a steal. Uh, number six. Uh, to, just a shit, a shit bowl game. Jacksonville, Miami in Jacksonville. Home dog. Well, I think it's in London, actually. 
Oh, it's in London. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna take the points. Both of these teams stink, so we'll take points. My thing is Jacksonville's starting to actually run the ball, and they're starting to find a little bit of an identity, whereas Miami is just scrambling. So yeah, they're I, just lost without two. Jacksonville might actually break their losing streak here. Yeah. Uh, number five, we're in Indianapolis. Uh, it's Colts and Texans. The Texans are getting ten and a half. Uh, the Colts just find ways to lose games. So uh, to me, that's just an easy take the points. Agreed. I I think the Colts win, but can we really trust them to beat anybody by no. 11 points? No. Def- definitely not. Uh, number four, we're taking – this. people may shake their heads here, but uh, we're taking the Browns to beat the undefeated Cardinals. They're ho- the Browns are home. They're getting three and a half. Uh, I just I think that Arizona is due for a loss here, and I think Cleveland can run the ball. They play good defense. I think this is a game that Cleveland Cleveland ends up winning. Yeah, agreed. I think Cleveland controls the clock and gives Arizona min, uh, like minimal opportunities. And when they when Miles Garrett can disrupt the offensive line, that actually can affect everything Kyler Murray wants to do. So we'll take the Browns in this one. Yeah, and they're uh, they're they're getting a couple points, right? Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. So we're getting points. Uh, number three, this is a wild card because we have no idea if either team's best player is going to play. Uh, Vikings at Carolina. The Vikings are getting four and a half. We just took the points because we there's no no one no one knows if Cook's playing yet or if CMC is going to play. Uh, you know, and the the Viking Madison's played well, so at least we have somebody there. Where for me, it's just uh, just give me the four and a half, especially uh, with the way Sam Darnold looked against an Eagles defense that is not very good. Yep. Uh, number two, uh, I'm gonna let you have this one, Jo. Seattle Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Seattle's getting five and a half. I I just think Geno is competent enough to blindfolded just throw up a couple prayers that DK Metcalf will come down with. And from that, from there, I think that the Steelers, uh, I heard on the radio today that Seattle is actually on pace to let up more yards than any team ever. The defense Uh, is not great. So, uh, they should fall back to the middle of the pack after the Steelers come in and barely move the ball against them. Um, but I I was wondering if, if you would catch that. I love it. It's just, um, uh, it's just like I think the Steelers win. I just I don't trust the Steelers to win to cover points. So yeah, um, I told Drew whatever we picked here in the final five minutes of the game it would flip. So uh, we're gonna take Seattle with the points just because I think I think Geno Smith has a couple rando like throws up a prayer and the Steelers secondary whiffs on it and DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett score some touchdowns. There it is. Uh, and number one, uh, division game, huge game, probably the game of the week. You got the Tennessee Titans versus the Buffalo Bills. It's in Tennessee. Tennessee's getting three and a half. We took Tennessee here. Did you say My division thi- game? Oh, it's not division. My bad. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, conference, conf- conference, conference game. Um, conference supremacy. Yeah. So I, I just, and maybe I've just been listening to you for too much on this damn show for 54 episodes, but. You got Buffalo coming off of a huge win. They get the Mahomes monkey off their back. It's a late game where there's a two-hour delay. It's a quick turnaround to go into Tennessee. 
I, I just I think the it's a little bit of a letdown weekend for Buffalo, uh, and I think I think Tennessee will win outright, but I think it's a close game either way. So I'll take the points. Uh, similar to my feelings with Cleveland, I think that they grind it down with Henry and limit Buffalo's possessions. And so I think the three and a half points stands up. I, I think Buffalo might win, but I think the three and a half points is good. And that's all she wrote. That's it. So we won't come in last again, obviously, since we agreed on everything. Um, and we will probably come in first. Love it. I can't wait. Okay, moving right along here. Um, we've got the NASCAR playoffs, the pit stop. Let me pull up my notes, and then I will see how far I can get in one minute. Um, all right, let me know. In five, four, three, two, go. Last week was the Charlotte, Ro- Charlotte Roval. We got our 12th win. Kyle Larson takes the victory, plus 450. I watched the ending. It was it looked okay. Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott continued their feud, and Harvick bumping Elliott. But Harvick spun out later in the race and did not advance in the playoffs. Womp womp. The top eight remaining are Larson, Hamlin, Truex, Blaney, Kyle Busch, Elliott, Logano, and Keselowski. Round of eight starts this week with Texas. It's a standard one-and-a-half-mile track. We're going with Larson, plus 350, Kyle Busch, plus 700, Truex, plus 800, and Keselowski, plus 1,400. Love it. Round of eight, baby. All right. Round of eight. And now that leads (coughs) us to the parlay, 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 parlay. Oh, shit. I guess I got to pick one, huh? Guess you're going first this week. I'll go first. So uh, Saturday night, seven o'clock, hockey is back, and uh, I always remember I was I was doing okay with those over unders in hockey, but I gotta let a couple games in there sizzle before I start doing the over unders. But I will say, Chicago Blackhawks coming into Pittsburgh seven seven o'clock on Saturday, the return of the Mac, Mark Andre Fleury. Return of the Mac. Oh my God! Return of the Mac. Oh my God! Uh, I'm gonna so Here I'm gonna take, I am. I'm gonna say that the Blackhawks beat the Penguins that day. Okay. They, I don't see a money line on that yet, but that's what I'm picking. Hey, stupid question! Did we did we win last week the parlay? Oh yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> so say, did we win the part? We I know Pittsburgh won, so yeah, I forget yeah, who Pittsburgh you won. The Chanticleers covered easily, so this week will be fourteen dollars, fourteen and change. And I'm gonna I'm gonna roll it to Cowboys, giving three and a half to the Patriots. How about them Cowboys? I just it's easy 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 money. Okay, sweet. All right, there we go. So lovely. Let's get on to beer two. We have a short beer two this week. Let's assume positions. Ready? Three, two, one. Um, I got a, I got these mini Toplin Goliaths, Drew. These pseudo Sues, baby. Gonna keep them rolling. You just love rubbing it in. Mm-hmm. Just telling them, showing me what I don't have. It's upsetting. Yep. I haven't even been able to. I haven't even been able to find their stout collection. They just uh, released. It's really upsetting me now. Wow. You need to get on that. Oh, I need to trust me. I need to get on a lot of things um so uh, guys here's this the is problem. not one of them here here's the problem with beer two this week that go for two episode we tried to do with teddy we we tried to record it like three or four times and like 
So every night, instead of like watching things that we said we wanted to watch, we were just trying to record more podcasts. podcasts. Like my wife said to me, she's like, "You don't have to record like four podcasts a week, you know." And I'm like, "I'm not trying to." And I like broke it down for her, like what's been happening. She's like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "We're back to one next week." I promise. You would, like your the correct response would have been awesome. Well, you don't have to spend my money to go shopping when we hit it big and we have too much money to spend. Uh, I've already told her that. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we do not miss is The Walking Dead. And so, uh, episode eight of season 11, they broke, they're breaking the final season up into thirds. Um, this is the episode where they use the old whisperer trick to inundate the compound with Pope and, and the gang. And, um, they successfully do so. Everything's going great. Daryl reveals that he's actually with their enemy uh, to his girlfriend, Leah. They just straight up shank Pope. And then she turns uh, on him. And then they have this weapon that just looks ridiculous it's like, like it's like it, uh, it looks like it looks like some some middle school kids like thought it would be a cool project and it looks like it's not gonna work <laughs> it's 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 just like tubes that are holding makeshift Arrows, spe- right? makeshift spears yeah with like basically roman candles attached to them and so now they're gonna shoot these spears at the zombies slash bad oh, our guys um and it, it's and then it just ends on this stupid ass cliffhanger. <coughs> well, and then and then back back in Alexandria, there's just a big storm going on, and walkers are getting into houses. Yeah, the and, fence the fence is down, and walkers are getting into houses. And, and Judith and uh, Gracie Gracie are, are in, in the a, basement are, are stuck in a basement that's starting to flood. Nothing, you idiot. Doctor Dre's dead. He's stalked up in my basement. Uh, um, here's here's my thoughts. And I'm gonna I'm gonna quote probably the smartest smartest guy I've ever met. You ready? Yeah. After eleven years, it's incredible that a show can still have this high production value. Writing, acting, directing, and the showrunner is still still messing it up. Like these people who are making the show are making it rain on a weekly basis. But the direction of the show overall is just so off. Guess who said that? End quote. Jordan White. Yeah. Driving me crazy. You hit it on the head. Am I here? Here are my two my two nitpicks of the season and the finale of the part one of part one of uh, eleven. One, it is kind of ridiculous that our our group of our group of friends here are basically out fighting and maneuvering like trained military mercenaries. Like this isn't this isn't Uncle Bob that's like walking around with three scavengers that you know just have guns and Rick rips his throat out, or you know the the governor that was like a high school principal with a getting a colony together that's just like that's just like us you know what i mean like ter- uh, terminus who was just like that like skinny gareth loser and like yeah. his aunt who was into like quilting like yeah like these are these are actually these are trained military soldiers armed armed soldiers these are soldiers they they spent they, they refer to their time in Iraq and Afghanistan all the time like yeah. they've seen combat <laughs> uh, it, yeah it, it's pretty it, i i 
whatever the point of this i and again i we don't maybe who knows maybe in the next eight episodes it comes together and we're like wow you know what that actually worked i don't see how it does it just i, I it's just too unbelievable like maggie it's like let, we we need to get the supplies and food and get out of here it's like well how are you going to do that when now there's a huge there's a huge column yeah, yeah you well you brought this horde in she's like let's get the food and get out i'm like uh, how where like you're just gonna like you're gonna put the mask on and then carry food out like a bread basket like yeah it, it was pretty it, yeah pretty pretty silly the only the only thing that i did like was when you saw them wearing the uh the the masks like the like the whispers and they were uh they they were coming out and like killing some people like the you know the same way the whispers I, at first that part was so well done that i actually laughed in giddiness when it happened like like the these po- these pope's military people went were like killing zombies and then they go to like kill one of our people who in a mask and they just like dodge it to the side and shank them and they're like Hoo! and I, I that made me i was i honestly cracked up i thought that was great <laughs> um so there's that and then number my other my other nitpick was what 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 about either of these storylines needed to be left on a cliffhanger in a last season like who cares about this military group with Lee? Like, all I care about is the dog. Like, I just want I just want to get out of this compound with the dog alive. I, I don't care. Like, I don't need this story. Like, that story doesn't need to keep going. I, no. I don't. No. Unless, unless Rick Grimes is in the basement of that compound, I yeah, don't need any more exactly. of it. Exactly. You know, or or Michonne. And, yeah, and, like, the thing with, with at, at, uh, at Alexandria, like, this is what we're, we're leaving that on a cliffhanger. Like, it just... It doesn't make any sense. I feel like they're just stretching to get as many episodes as they can in, which is kind of just silly. Because why not just why not just do sixteen episodes? Like, what do you need to progress these stupid storylines for? And then it, the only the only story that would have made sense that's going on right now to have a cliffhanger is they don't even have in the episode the friggin' uh the Commonwealth. There's nothing with the Commonwealth in the finale. What the hell? Yeah. I it, it made no sense because this if if I'm if I'm Tuesday morning quarterbacking this, I would have ended the season with I would have wrapped up this compound thing. I would have just killed everybody. Daryl kill has to kill Leah. Him and Dog live happily ever after. Maybe yeah. Dog like you know bites him or something because he kills Leah. Wrap that shit up quick. Um, and yeah, then the I would, o- honestly the only people who make it out are Daryl, Maggie, and Negan. Yeah, like, kill off kill off the priest. Kill off. Uh, brother sister guy who apparently can took shrapnel to the kneecap kept some some shrapnel in his leg and be openly bleeding in a horde of zombies who don't don't don't, yeah exactly because he's because he's wearing a dried out mask so that they're apparently that 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 drowns out his act his own the smell of his own blood uh and but i would i would have wrapped all that up and then i would have had this alexandria thing going on where the the walkers almost like oh i would have i would have done it almost identical to how the first half of season 6 ended where there's all these walkers in there they look like they're done and then you just had daryl uh abraham and sasha show up with the bazooka and basically save everybody and then our guys go out and just start killing like one by one like the the rows of walkers which might be one of the best episodes ever Nobody uh, gets the clock out. But have it, yeah. But but have it be the Commonwealth that comes and saves them. Eugene Eugene broke and gave them the location of Alexandria, and they come and they they save them and clear out the walkers. And then you have something something 
you have something happen between the Commonwealth and like Carol and Rosita to where you you're not sure whether or not you can trust them or not. Like, is this is is the Commonwealth going to kill our guys or like have it end with the, it's almost the same way they ended season ten? Like, have them have our guys get on their knees or something while they're holding guns. To, that's like that would have been. Yeah. The cliffhanger. Like, yeah. oh, shit, Eugene gave up the location. Like, we wrapped up the whole, like, there's a horde outside of Alexandria. We wrapped up getting the food from... And honestly, I'd say kill off everybody except for those three and have the whole food supply be, be destroyed and be like, oh, shit, this was for nothing. Yeah. Or or not, or they get it, and then they get back to Alexandria to start season the second the second part. Uh, I like it better if it's destroyed. But well, I was gonna say, just, but everybody's just to show gone. Maggie just to show Maggie her hubris. That's true. Okay, I like that. But yeah, I was gonna say, or they get back to Alexandria with it, and everybody in Alexandria is gone because the Commonwealth took them. And had they been there, maybe they would have had a chance to to save yeah. them. Yeah, that's good too. Same same play, but like that's that's, and we're just two assholes sitting sitting here recording a, a podcast in our basements, and that we just came up with a better story plot and arc than what they probably spent you know a year writing i it just it makes no sense man so yeah and again just to reiterate like the actors kicking ass the uh like special effects and makeup people and prosthetic people on a weekly basis just uh, yeah dominating do- like still in the 11th year just yeah. dominating the game um the directing is good on a on a weekly basis. Overall, the directing and the writing the writing comes and goes, but like the directing is is usually pretty good, and the writing is not bad. Sometimes it gets a little goofy, like in the dialogue, but like the writing's usually pretty good too. It's just the direction of the show where you just want to pull your hair out. Like why? And we're in our eleventh year, and we're still. We have we have sixteen episodes left, and we're we're still just doing this. Like, yeah, it, it, God, it's frustrating, man. Incredibly frustrating. Like it, it didn't. They didn't have to do it that way, and there it just they could have. I don't know. I, I don't know because now and even I don't even understand because here's and like and it ends with them firing off the spear thing, but like Matt like, again. They they didn't have the balls to kill off the forty eighth main character in Virgil in the last in, in two episodes ago. Yeah. Like why why do do you think I'm actually I'm actually concerned that Maggie or Negan's gonna take a spear here? Yeah. Like, like at at worst brother <laughs> at worst brother sister guy. Yeah. Like I I don't care. Like I'm just like okay cool they're they're gonna get out of it and they're like it's we're gonna move on like there's no. There is like, no. Sp- it's, this, yeah. this is this isn't the whatever season it was when when Negan had the lineup and you saw him swinging the bat and like the whole ringing of the ears and you were like somebody's dead, like yeah you have uh, like we're assuming that nobody's dead now because why would they kill somebody off and have a cliffhanger like that? It's yeah, stupid. unless unless the the only the only way that 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 story like that cliffhanger works for me is if they start off the first episode of the second half and Maggie takes a spear to the face. That's it. And like Negan, Negan used her as like a shield or something. It, it, it just, you know what I mean. It just, it, or 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 Negan saves her and he takes the spear and dies. But they're not going to kill. They're not going to kill off Jeffrey Dean Morgan. There's no way. They're gonna kill off anybody. Yeah, May, maybe yeah. brother brother sister guy. Who, yeah, so it's he's, it's he's the one who his he was looking for his sister and then she was a zombie. Yeah. So so it just yeah it's again it's. And he wanted to cry, but he couldn't because he had the he he had the mask on and was walking in the horde. And then Maggie held his hand. It's precious, precious moments. So, 
that's where that goes. Uh, we haven't. I we Jordan, you haven't seen any of uh, Beyond yet, right? The high no, we're, no, we're we're gonna we're we're just gonna. I'm gonna punt that. I'm gonna let four or five episodes build and then binge it and then bring it home. Um, so we'll talk about that when, when that, that yeah, I say I've, I only watched the premiere. I know Jadis, uh, that was the big Twitter, Twitter buzz. Uh, I think Jadis made her debut in episode two this past weekend, but I haven't seen it. And, uh, fear the walking dead comes back this Sunday. Really? I, I, I've, I've come the only way I'm going to take this show seriously is if they use, the bomb drop. And I think I texted you the other day to jump forward in time to catch up the storylines. So that fear of the walking dead is now on the same, um, timeline as uh, high school musical and the walking dead. And I say that because if like, if somehow these guys are magically finding these, uh, hazmat suits and like this baby hazmat suit and somehow, somehow, uh, my man, um, Who's my favorite? Who's my favorite character in that show? Strand? Not Morgan. Yeah, Strand. Strand. So somehow Strand's like built up this like small community and army that like follows him, and he's like a dictator. <laughs> that's what, the, and that's what the previews look like. Like if this is all happened in the matter of two days, I'm like, this is this is done. I may not even finish watching it to be honest with you. They better come with some realistic thing here to start the season around the purpose of these stupid bombs. That that and that is my only acceptable uh, scenario. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know what to expect. It's I'm expecting shenanigans. Um, we we eventually need to get to the Rick Grime movies, right? <laughs> I guess if they're gonna have them, but uh, or like I said, maybe he's maybe he's trapped in that base. Maybe him and Michonne are both trapped in the basement. That'd be something, right? At least they'd have each other, just like me and you. <sighs> to the end. To uh, I can't do a good Russian accent. To the end. All right, man. Well. Drew, uh, this was good. We we sprinted to the finish after you know taking our time Oof. on Fury and the NHL. So you and, you and Jimmy B did a good breakdown. I uh, his his actual knowledge, and then your uh, your Hardwick spin on uh, doing the blind date stuff. That was good. Uh, it was creative. You're you're on fire, man. You had you had a great two. Uh, I tried. Go for two. You had a great go for two last night, and you're uh, you're bringing it back into the pod tonight, man. Well, I, I just. I, I just thought, you know, like, hey, why don't you actually try and be fun? Why don't you try that? So so here we are. Oh, man. I love it. All right, man. On that note, Drew, as always, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud <laughs>